What is up, y'all? Welcome to the first ever episode of the Banquet Hall podcast. Uh, my name is Kyler Nathan, and I will be your host for the hall. I'm really excited to bring y'all this first episode. We have a very special guest coming up. Uh, her name is Jada Day. She uses she, her, hers pronouns. And she's one of the little homies who is doing big things out there in this world. And the main inspiration behind the hall was really just to be able to shed light on some of these stories, some of these journeys of people I think are dope who are doing really dope things. And we had a really, really engaging conversation. I learned a lot about her and hopefully y'all are going to learn some really cool things as well. Uh, make sure you stay tuned in for the full episode because the end of the episode does have a special discount code and some uh, exclusive previews only to be found in the Banquet Hall podcast of things to come for Black Beauty near you. So yeah, without further ado, like I'm happy to share this interview with y'all. So let's get it going. Welcome to the premiere episode of the Banquet Hall podcast. I'm honored to be joined by a great friend of mine who will always have the distinction as the first invitee to the Banquet Hall podcast, uh, founder and CEO of Black Beauty Near You from Los Angeles, California. I feel like I'm introing you to a basketball game or something. Uh, but, <laughs> but welcome Jada Day to the show. Jada, how are you doing today? I'm good. Um, the sun is finally out today, so... That has been pretty busy, but it's a good day nonetheless. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. And we are excited to have you here. I'm excited for the audience to get to know a little bit more about you. So I'm going to get right to it. Uh, I don't think I told you this when I pitched the idea to you, but the first idea for this podcast, I was actually just going to be talking to people from Los Angeles. I was like, oh. it's my hometown, right. it's the greatest city on earth. Like, who else do I need yeah. to talk to? But I think I'm going to open it up to more people. But since you are from L.A., uh, tell our listeners how it feels to be from the greatest city on earth. It's honestly, it's an honor. I'm <laughs> grateful that my parents had me there because they're not even from L.A. They're from well, we have Iowa and then Boston. Oh, wow. I did not so know that. How, right. Yeah. So how I ended up here, it was a blessing. But I definitely do love being from L.A. I love the folks, the culture. You know, every place is going to have its pros and cons. But I'm proud to say, like, I'm from L.A. And I really think about, like, people who aren't. I'm just like, wow, like, how did you, like, grow up? And you did, you know? But um, I, I love it. And a fun fact I was actually born in Louisiana because oh, um, wow. I was born early. So I like to say I'm a true L.A. baby. So L.A. to L.A. LA. LA. Yeah, uh, you know, it doesn't, okay. it doesn't get better than this. <laughs> but yeah, so um, I love my hometown. I love giving back. And um, I have a lot of family there, too. So, yeah, it's great. I'm going to backtrack really quickly just because I feel like I have to. You said part of your family's from Boston. None of them are Celtics mm -hmm. fans, are they? Yes, we are. Uh, we are so that means you a Celtics fan too yes I gotta represent that size somehow we might have to end the <laughs> podcast early I don't think I knew that about you no but to be fair as far as <laughs> basketball goes I'm not too big on a team usually I was I was with OKC but then I realized I'm really just a Westbrook's Westbrook's mm. fan but then he joined the Lakers so you know it was it's been a bit conflicting but as far as basketball goes I'm not really a diehard anywhere so, I don't yeah, I don't know how I feel I about I don't know how I feel about this interview anymore. <laughs> I know, big Laker fan, but it's okay. It's gonna be okay. We can just set that aside. I, oof. I, I wish <laughs> I wouldn't have asked that. I mean, I got the Lakers background on. Maybe I need I need to add that to the questions I asked before I invite people yeah. on. Do you do you like the Lakers? So setting aside that portion for the rest of the interview. Um wow, I'm really need to <laughs> I know you should have prepared yourself for this. You have to ask. You have to ask. I'm, whenever I hear from Boston, I'm just like, ooh, Boston. Hmm. Yeah. But, you know, I'm going to set that aside. I'm going to set it aside. Uh, the yeah. other thing that I wanted to bring, because you mentioned, like, uh, talking to people not from L.A., because I think just this past year or two, I've met somebody from Indiana, Iowa, Montana, and it's the same question. It's like, dang, what do y'all do, do? And it, it comes into some yeah. L.A. elitism. I'm not even going to lie. Yeah. Like, the Cali privilege, <laughs> but I really be want to know, like, dang, like, what is it like? Because there's so many people in LA doing so many things. Mm -hmm. And even like California as a whole, like, we take up most of the coast. So California, you can go, you have San Diego, LA, Davis area, then you got the Bay, like, there's so much in Cali. And it's just like, wow, like, Indiana, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's definitely interesting listening to how people grew up. But definitely growing up in L.A. is an experience for sure. 
apologies to any of listeners from some of these states that we throw in strays at it's all love for indiana all love (laughs) um but you mentioned san diego and that's a great transition to kind of talk about something else we share in common uh we both graduated from uc san diego in la jolla california Uh, so walk me through your journey from la coming to uc san diego yeah so crazy enough san diego so for uc applications you i have four fee waivers and the four UCs that I was going to pick from, UC San Diego was not on the list. Like, I never really considered UCSD um, as a school to go to. My dream was um, Berkeley. Did not get in. We're not even going to talk about that. <laughs> but anyways, so I had my four fee waivers and my mom, she was like, oh, like for, you know, I'll pay for your fifth one. You know, if you choose um, UC San Diego, because it's a really good school. You know, she did her research. I thought I did some research, but she did her research. And so... Yeah, so applied, da, 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 got in, um, financial aid package looking <laughs> real good. And when I came to campus, um, I already accepted before I came to campus because of just everything was really lining up. But when I came to campus for Trident Day, it really solidified everything for me. I got to see, you know, it's um, it's a pretty modern campus. That meant a lot to me. It's still in the city. It's not mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere because... I, I had to admit, like, I'm a city girl. I can't be in the middle <laughs> of nowhere. I, I feel um, you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just not for me. And so when I came to campus, like, I loved it. I was like, okay, this isn't too old school, too red bricks everywhere. We still have some modern um, stuff going on. It was pretty cool. And then, um, yeah, I love the vibe. First place I went was Black Resource Center, and that Whoa. checked it off for me. Mm-hmm, okay. So, yeah, that's kind of how um, I got here to San Diego. And then you majored in math computer science, right? Mm-hmm. What made you want to study that as a Black woman in STEM? Yeah. So, growing up, like, math has always been my thing. Like, as I've always been good at it. I've loved it, all that good stuff. So, math was really, like, the first thing on my mind. And then... My junior year of high school is when I got introduced to like the computer science world. And so when I was applying to um, UC San Diego, I remember seeing that they had a math CS major. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, like this is the best of both worlds. At the end, I ended up like now I definitely love computer science more than <laughs> the math. But, you know, I'm, I'm good at it. I might as well take advantage of that skill. And um, yeah, so that's how I came to Math CS. Like initially I was just looking at math. And then once I got, you know, my interest in CS, I'm like, oh, that would be cool if I could do both. And then I got accepted for that major. And yeah, that's how I got here. Hey, and having worked in admissions, it's not easy getting accepted into math or computer science at UCSD. Yeah. You did both. So uh, kudos to that. And I want to touch specifically because I know you and I have had conversations in passing about like wanting to see more Black women in STEM and mm-hmm. uh, just a lack of representation within the STEM field. So what was that experience like in the classroom? Child, it, it, yeah. So first year, I didn't take any computer science classes. I just had math. And so the math classes, they were, even though they were the more advanced level, because it's my major, they were still pretty like big and how do you know, I'm not looking for people in here, you know, it's not a small class where I could spot people out. So it wasn't really bad, but definitely like my second year when I started taking my computer science classes and my math classes started getting smaller, I was noticing, you know, anybody in here that looked like me. And of course, you know, we have our women in STEM and that's great. And, but even as far as like black folks, it'll probably be like, three others max Mm. in the class and then black women I I don't think I've ever had a black woman in the same class as me maybe same major but I cannot think off the top of my head having a black woman in the same class as me and so um yeah that was definitely difficult but I remember um I can't remember what year it was but Serge, you remember Serge? Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. So he he we were talking about something. I don't remember where we were, what we were talking about, but I remember him saying, like, you know, there's gonna be spaces where you're the only black person. But he was like, I don't let that get to me. Like it just it is what it is. That's yeah. what it's going to be. And you can't really, you know, let that bring you down too much because that's really how it's just going to be. And so I took that and I ran with it. And um, yeah, it was it's was difficult. And I feel like when COVID came about it definitely helped me because having like study groups and stuff that's hard to make when you already Mm -hmm. don't identify with folks 
And before COVID, if it would be a study group, it would probably be like some girl that I'm sitting next to and she'll say like, hey, you know, something of that sort. But it was very rare. But then when it came to COVID, we used Discord a lot and Zoom and all that good stuff. And it was just easier to come together, be in a group full of people, mm. regardless. Some people, you know, we don't even know what their face look like for the whole quarter. But <laughs> we were true. in that study. Right. We were in that study group <laughs> every week. And so, yeah, that part um, is definitely difficult. Um, and also, what was before I became publicity manager for BSU, there was this thing that African Black Coalition had us doing during the summer, and the publicity managers had to write like op eds. I think I did like two, and one of them was about um, the amount of Black women in the computer science. It was basically talking about the computer science or math CS major at UCSD. Mm -hmm. And when I tell you, I was trying to find those stats, like how many of us are here? Because I only knew what, two at the moment. And I was looking it up and it was hard to find. I was emailing my professor like, hey, can you find this information for me? All this good stuff. And she was like, I can't let you know. She was like, I can't let you know the exact number something of that sort, but she was like, it's less than you know, I, I, either she said less than you can count on your hand or less than you can count mm -hmm. on both hands. And that's out of all of the computer science, math, computer science majors, like, and it was, it was just that. And that's black women. So I was like, at least I'm not tripping and feeling in feeling <laughs> like I really am. So yeah, when I realized that I was just like, wow, like, and the thing is, it's not even an outreach thing or like <clears throat> a lot of people don't want to be in this major because the major mm -hmm. is huge there are a lot of students oh yeah most the, definitely yeah and there's a variety of we have computer engineering computer science computer science and engineering math cs like there's so many variations and for there to be like less than a handful of black women in there is just that just doesn't make any sense like you're literally not they're literally not doing the work to um, get us in there so when i found that out, i was just like okay like at least i'm not tripping um i'm not missing out on anything so with that i joined um women in computing and that was pretty much you know my um way of you know trying to be a black face mm -hmm. in these community in these um com computing organizations and um yeah that and that was my support system too because being within a black space is one thing but you have to be within a space of people who understand what you're going through day to day, what classes you're facing. So that really helped me out a lot. But nonetheless, it was difficult. Um, but I got through it. And that was my thing. I was like, if they can get through it, I can definitely get through it. So, yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned a lot there and stuff that's really important in terms of getting through it, because not only were you battling upstream with being like a black woman in STEM and in the computer science program. But at the same time, you're also involved with black community on campus. Like you mentioned, you were publicity manager of BSU. You became chair of BSU. Uh, you were intern at the BRC. So um, I think asking how did you manage is a little loaded question because I think that was a very stressful period of time for you. But maybe talk about like what it was like balancing being a student but also like emphasizing what it was like uh being involved in bsu being the chair of bsu especially during the time of june 2020 and just all the all the fun stuff that you dealt with this past couple years yeah oh yeah june 2020 that that was a moment because that was the year that the demands the updated demands came out and those i wasn't even because i wasn't chair by then i think what was that 2020 yeah so June 2020 is when I was shadowing to be publicity manager for the upcoming year so I wasn't even really fully on board yet but the meetings that I did attend during that time it was a hot mess like the things people would do the things people would say how you know admin would respond to certain things it was it was a lot and it was very there it was a lot of wear and tear mentally during that time and that's for someone who wasn't even all the way involved with right. it so it was it was definitely a lot but as far as um being a part of like those organizations within the black community definitely was helpful to like get away from like all the other academic stuff I was doing um it helped make my day easier like working at the BRC like yeah it was work but 
every day I'm seeing black folks. I'm creating right. programs for my friends and stuff. Like it was fun. And you get to do stuff for your community and feel good about it and feel like, you know, you're doing something. So that's really like how, for the most part, things went when I would be like doing stuff with BSU or the BRC. Um, it was fun for me and I really enjoyed it because I'm hanging out with people that I would hang out with anyway. So then we're doing better stuff for the community. Yep. So it's just it's just a win-win. And so, um, yeah, it was definitely difficult, though, like when it comes to like getting pushing against admin and asking for certain stuff and being clear with that stuff, too, because you can have a demand and be like, oh, we want to um, survey black students about their experience. And the next thing I know, a survey is going out um, to survey all students on their experience, like no, that's not what we asked for. We said Black students, and we know you have access to this information, so why are we making it broad? So it would be things like that where, you know, when it comes to being inclusive of all, like, um, races, that wasn't, you know, or, you know, how people identify, that's not what the goal was. We wanted to target down on a specific group of people, and there was always a lot of pushback with that. So you really have to, when it comes to things like that, you just have to be clear very, very clear in what you want and very adamant about it because there will be pushback a lot. And yeah, the worst that could, there's the worst that could happen is they say no, yeah. um, because what you're doing is not any way like, oh, they're going to suspend me, expel me. Like, it's never going to be that deep. So you just got to keep pushing until you get tired. Like when you get tired, stop. That's why we, when we came back, what was it last school year? Our yeah. goal was like just socials and building up community, like all that. We had a demands team for people who had the energy for that. But overall, we were like, no, that's not what we're focusing on this year because that was a lot. It was it was a lot. I mean, it was a lot from the outside. So I know. I definitely. I remember. I think I remember when BSU first announced that, like, yeah, we doing us like we'll respond to stuff when we want to, yes. but we doing us. I was like, oh, I'm such a proud alum. But the other <laughs> side of me, I was like, dang, Jada, can you respond to my email though? <laughs> no, yes, you will respond to, but you'd be surprised how many emails, like even working at the BRC, um, I realized like how many emails we'll get from outside entities just asking us to do stuff that a Google search could do. Like it was, <laughs> it was just so, it, it's so just, amazing to see how people will really try to use you and milk you up just to say oh we collaborated with the brc oh we collaborated with the bsu so yeah noticing that was wild but once we noticed that we're like okay bet we got you <laughs> i love it uh but let's transition a little bit to talk about some of your business endeavors so i mentioned when i introduced you that you are the founder and ceo of black beauty near you uh, you have on the t-shirt today i believe you started black beauty near you in 2019 right Yep, correct. That awesome. So tell us all about it and what inspired you to start it. Yeah, so pretty much is like an average Black college student going to PWI. Um, my freshman year, I realized like as far as beauty supply products, again, I'm from LA, like, but like LA, LA and beauty supplies are like five minutes down the street, if that. Every so, corner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so coming to UCSD, um, that that wasn't the case like even on campus like you go to the market and all I got for you is scrunchies tresemme old spice I can't do a thing with that I cannot do a thing and so like what I would do I would either stock up when I go home like on what I need from the beauty supplies or if all fails I'll order from Amazon and have to wait on that and so or and I didn't have a car so mm -hmm. it was bus or Uber. So they were talking about this beauty supply. I didn't go to that beauty supply probably until my third year because I don't have the time for that. I don't, nobody wants to do all of that. And so, um, yeah, so after my first year, I was just like, you know, I, this, this isn't, you know, really what I'm going to do anymore. And I was always complaining to my parents um, and tell them like, this, this is, this is annoying having to do this all the time. <laughs> yeah. So then that's when they inspired me like, hey, you know, you can do something about that. And so at first, when I started Black Beauty Near You, it was my sophomore year and um, it was, yeah, fall of sophomore year and Malik DePena, we were all interns and we have like a year long project. And so his year long project was hosting this thing called The Shop at the BRC. Mm -hmm. 
every two weeks and at the shop like he'll bring in black um really like it was kind of like beauty shop um type vibes um like we had lashes braiding barbers in there um just servicing people because we don't have that on campus and so I was like hey Malik like I'm starting to bring beauty supply products to students and so he was like yeah of course so I started by selling products through that way and I realized like okay like this is really a need like people are actually mm -hmm. buying stuff so I'm like okay and then March comes, COVID hits, so I'm just like, oh, okay, nice, like, what are we going to do now? So by the time my junior year came, I was, I actually lived on campus my junior year, but campus was dead, like, nobody was really on campus, so I still had the option for people to, you know, come to my dorm, or I go to them and give them their stuff, but I also wanted to think, make things more accessible, and so I used my computer science skills um, to build a website, and um do things that way. So it also made things easier for people to buy things as well, whether they were coming to me in person or not. And um, yeah, and then from there, I started making beauty boxes that I could, that's when I wanted to start expanding to like people outside of, you know, UCSD, mm -hmm. USD or San Diego State. Cause I was like, you know, they're not the only people going through this. And I remember I was talking to my grandpa um, and he was telling, when I was telling him about what I was doing, he was telling me how he lives in Arizona and even living out there, like there's nobody, you know, the black population isn't too high. And right. as far as like the barber he would go to, he was like, there's literally one barber out here, one barber shop out here that all the black men, black people go to. And um, literally he was like, you know, football players be coming in, all that, because this is the only thing there. And he was like, there's a certain, um, razor I use and he was like if I go to this store I'm not gonna have it I have to wait till I come back you know to LA to stock up and all that good stuff and I'm just like that's crazy like you know everybody's going through this it's not just yeah. you know us students but just as a living experience and so that's what really I feel like triggered the thought in my mind to um start expanding and providing beauty supply products for you know more students and so that's when I started beauty boxes which are basically um pre-made beauty boxes for um a style that you may want for so say like braids or edges or soft locks or wigs things of that sort mm -hmm. so you can just get it get it delivered to you and go you don't even got to think about what you need for that style for the most part what you need is in there already and so that's pretty much the journey um or like the growth of it and how it came about and what inspired it and yeah everything now like um, I'm in the phase now where just trying to realize like what's been working, what hasn't been and going from there and changing things from there. Cause I just want to make sure that, you know, I'm not doing too much that people don't need, yeah. but also make sure I'm focusing on the things people do need and that I have that. Cause it sucks when I don't have something um, and people are like, Oh, do you have this? And I'm like, dang, I ran out or da, da, da. so just working with that. But um, nonetheless, I really do like, doing this um when I would be doing school or even I would work I'd be like oh dang like I really wish I was doing like being near you stuff but sometimes I have to hold it off but I love doing it I love um providing this stuff for people because it's definitely necessary and there's so Absolutely. many places like this need is is very universal so um I'm glad that I could do my part um and yeah yeah, that's that's amazing. And I really want to underscore the fact that in San Diego, for our non-San Diego listeners, the beauty supply really ain't just down the street. Like, because yeah. you talk about beauty supply warehouse in North Park, you got to hop mm -hmm. on three different freeways to get there from campus. Mm -hmm. You got to hope there's parking on a block and everybody going to this one beauty supply uh, because I did have a car when I was a student at UCSD. And so I was the, hey, Kyler, can you take me to the beauty supply? I need some more hair. I need this. I need yeah. eco gel. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, Kyler driving us to the beauty supply. You want to go? Now I got to sit right. outside the beauty supply two and a half hours waiting on y'all to come out with three things. I'm like, mm -hmm. man. And so when I heard, because I've heard about Black Beauty near you before I met you. And I was like, wow, mm. like the youth are in good hands at UCSD. <laughs> They're doing good. They're doing good. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, yeah, like uh, once again, proud black alum, because uh, one of my friends and I was there, Dejanae, she got them to uh, put some black hair care products in the market. 
And yeah, then, she sure did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you started delivering. I'm like, oh, y'all, y'all solid. Like, cause this is yeah. exactly <laughs> what you need, especially because mm-hmm. you look at being on the quarter system, uh, the stressors of being black wow. at a PWI, and it's just like, yeah, I shouldn't have to figure out how to go 20 minutes down south with no traffic just for some hair gel, like. Exactly. Exactly. Like we have so many other things to worry about. Like that should not be a worry. And I'm thankful for, you know, that target they put on campus, you Mm -hmm. know, that helped out a little bit, but yeah, definitely more needs to be done. And I was like, I can fight with admin all day about this, but the first step is let's just tackle the problem hands-on and then go from there. Cause I was like, if I'm going to leave it up to admin, it's just going to take too long. That's for the most part too, why I just took things in my own hands for now because some that that would I didn't want to wait like I didn't want to have a delay and be like oh like coming soon I just want to do something first and then whatever comes from that later down the line that's great but it just had to happen no absolutely and you mentioned the target on campus that's clutch too because when I found out they was putting target on campus I'm like oh this this is the track to diversity yes if you tell some black family that there's a target a target on campus okay (laughs) No, for I was geeked. I was so happy when they put that on campus. I said, oh, yeah, I'm going to take all my money. And when I lived on campus, they did. They took a lot of my money. But it definitely, like, helped my experience, too. Like, I don't have to ask my friend, oh, can we drive to this store? Like, there's there's a lot in there that, you know, provides and helps. So that definitely did help a lot. Ain't no free ass for Target, though. Right. They got it already. <laughs> But um, I do want to touch a little bit on a few different things that you said, because I think there's a lot of love for community in your answer and talking about like providing these resources for Black students, uh, combining some of your passions with computer science and hair Mm -hmm. care uh, to connect the campus community. Uh, We've already talked about UCSD and La Jolla not being that diverse and just lack of representation of Black culture. Uh, so I want to highlight a couple more things that you did on campus really quickly. Uh, one, you alluded to making the website Magnifying San Diego. I think that was mm. an awesome resource. So I want you to talk a little bit about that. And then also, like, the to me, just a legendary moment in UC San Diego history. You brought a Black business flea market to Sun God Lawn. And I need yeah. you. <laughs> I need you to ISO real quick and just talk about the fact that you brought Black businesses to Sun God Lawn at UC San Diego. When I saw that flyer, I'm like, oh, like the future is now on this campus. We're taking over. Oh my gosh, okay. Yes, okay. Let's start magnifying San Diego. Let's start there Um, before I get too excited about Black Street Market. (laughs) Um, So yes, so how magnifying San Diego came about, intern, interning at the BRC, one of our big things, our year long project and it was really hard to think of it because our supervisors at the time they were like, you know, the floor is yours. Like, think big. Like, you know, go. Don't think that anything is too small. And so then I'm just like, dang, we're all sitting there like, what are we gonna do, y'all? <laughs> and so um, for mine, I um, it was in my second year. So you know, I'm still not. I'm not from San Diego. I did not come to San Diego often. Did not have family out here for the most part. So I didn't really know a lot about San Diego. And so I was like, oh, I can build a website, um, you know, because I know I'm not the only person in these shoes. And this is before, like, I even thought of, was this before? Yeah, because I didn't even think about building a website for Black Beauty Near You yet. So Magnifying San Diego was before that. And so um, basically what the site did it it does it but it hasn't been updated in a while so what it does is um it highlights a lot of resources in san diego and um it was divided by different categories and things of that sort just to get a gist like a lay of the land here in san diego um like it will highlight maybe some good restaurants or beauty supply resources or um i know post offices because that was a big one for me like (laughs) I had no idea where that stuff was like different, just general yeah. categories, like a Google just for like this, you know, San, San Diego area um, and how I got that information, either using Google or reaching out to folks. Um, and then there was also a section on there that highlighted like all the resources that were on the side, but were black owned. And so, um, yeah, that's pretty much what the website consisted of and from feedback, like, you know, 
people told me like, you know, it was very helpful and um, it was a great idea because not even just students, but even like maybe faculty, staff, or just people moving who just moved to San Diego, like somewhere to start is always helpful. Like I'm not going to say every resource was on there because no, I was manually putting that in, but it does give people a place to start and try to start exploring San Diego in some sense. So yeah, that's what that was about. And honestly, when you brought it up, I'm like, dang, like you dug deep because I did honestly like kind of forget about that. But I still think that it's a great idea. Um, And just, you know, expanding on that in some way, maybe sometime in the future. But yeah, it was pretty cool. And I like doing on, I like doing it. Um, I feel like it was very helpful. And um, yeah, that was that. Anything on that before we move to Blackbeard's Oh. One thing I will say is it still is on the BRC website. Portia had me put it on the website. So uh, Magnifying San Diego lives on. I did notice it wasn't updated, but I'm like, she graduated. I don't expect her to (laughs) to update this anytime soon. No, yes. Okay, that's good. At least it's still there, you know. Yeah, we got to keep your legacy alive. Yes, exactly. Okay, that's cool. But um, yeah, Blackbeard's Feed Market. (sighs) So this is the journey. So... For Black Beauty Near You, inside the beauty boxes, I do beauty box collabs. So I collaborate with other Black-owned businesses to um, put discount codes um, to their stores in the beauty boxes. So then when the customers get the beauty box, not only do they get what they ordered, but they get discount codes to Black-owned businesses. Like, y'all, it don't get no better than this. So as I'm doing that, um, one of the collabs I have is with It's a Mood, which is um, a fashion brand, um, Black-owned by um, this young lady named Digitera Powell. She's from San Diego, actually. And um, she hit me up and she was like, hey, have you ever thought of like hosting a flea market? Like literally just hit me up. And I'm just like, oh, no, I haven't. But I would be down. Like if you're down, I'm down. Like we can yeah. do this. And so, um, yeah, so that happened. And that was like the beginning of this year. And I remember, I remember I told you too, I was like, Kyler, be on the lookout. I was like, how do you feel about this idea? Like, do you think this is a good idea? Like, I'm not, it's not official yet, but what you think? And you're like, hey, like, don't, I, I can't give you like all the details, but it sounds good to me. And I was like, okay, that's all I need to hear. And so um, over the summer, me and her, we didn't talk too much about it, but then like the end of July was coming up kind of beginning August. And I thought about it because we were going to do San Diego State first and then UCSD. But then around that time, I'm like, oh, like we can't do state during the fall because that's just too soon. They're going to start school. Yeah. And so um, I hit her up saying that because I know she was more familiar with San Diego State. And um, I was like, hey, you know, like, I still think that this is a great idea. But as of right now for the fall, I don't know if San Diego State is going to work, but I'm still down to do UCSD with you. I'm like, I've talked to a few people because I also talked to Kennedy, too, which is the current BSU chair. But um, I talked to her and she was like, I'm down if it's going to happen. Like, you know, we can go. And so, um, yeah, Digi, she I call, we call it. I, I call her Digi. Um, she was like, yeah, I'm still down. Like, we can we can do this. And so. We just started hopping on FaceTimes and talking about like getting started, what we wanted it to look like. And I was telling her like, you know, um, we have the BSU on our back and then spoke to Jay. So I was like, we got the BRC supporting us. So um, from there, we just hopped on a couple Zoom calls, basically fleshing everything out. And then me and Digi, we did, um, since we do have like Black since we do both own black businesses, we're kind of like in that realm where like, Mm -hmm. we know a lot of people already who own black businesses. And so um, we reached out to them, asked them like, you know, would you be down to vend here? And um, yeah, we were taking notes from other flea markets we've been to too as well. Cause like, if there's going to be a layout, if there's already something that exists, like just take note, like there's no need to start from scratch and and struggle. And so, we did that and we also t- kept reminding ourselves too, like this is just the first event, like especially because of time, we're like, we don't have to squish everything in one, but we did want to do as much as we could. And so um, from there, um, we had vendor sign up. So we um, got a lot of inquiry from black owned businesses and that's how we got our vendors. And then as far as like signups, we reached out to like all like if it was a San Diego college out here, if you could think of it, we reached out to them. We sent them 
our flyer. We sent them an email and we're like, hey, this is going on. Tell your folks. I don't care how you tell your folks, but just tell them. And so um, that was nice because we did see like some people from other schools coming too. So that was really nice. Like as far as signups go, because how we did it, we say if you're a UCSD student or a non, and mm-hmm. there were a lot of non-UCSD students who um, showed up. So or like, you know, people who aren't students as well. So that was really rewarding. And then as far as like um, music, we couldn't get a DJ for this event, but we definitely made a playlist and it was 2000s themed. So it wasn't too bad like to make a playlist and it was fun. So that was really cool. And um, yeah, just the power of me, Digi, BRC and BSU came together and it happened. The The main thing was the location. Like we had to yeah. get the lo- location secured. That was the main thing because as far as everything else, it was, you know, up to us because we weren't, it's not like we were collabing with the Oregon campus where we might have financial issues. It was really just securing that spot. So once we got the spot secured on campus, it was up from there. We were like, okay, bet, bet. And then we could have layouts and everything. So yeah, and it was great. Like it was a busy time, but like, it was it wasn't like oh my gosh like oh I don't want to do this I'm having like a terrible time the day went by fast everything for the most part went smoothly and we've been hearing great feedback uh, from our vendors from the attendees like and it's just crazy like that we actually did that like <laughs> like when you brought it up I'm like oh yeah like yeah we, you did that we did that right and it happened and it went well you know it wasn't just like a disaster and so that was very and is very very rewarding and there will be more flea markets in the future but um 2023 though don't expect anything more this year y'all it's it's busy it's a lot going on but there will be more we definitely want to do um more because it was just fun like and for the most part as far as like labor work and setting Mm -hmm. everything up you know it was really wild to see like when people are serious, like as far as the vendors, when they're serious about showing up and doing their part, they will come through, like they will have all their stuff together. They will come prepared, all of that good stuff. And so that really worked out too. Like we had out of all of our vendors, probably I think two couldn't make it. One was because she wasn't feeling well and the other, I forget, but out of all the vendors that signed up, only two couldn't make it. Like that's good. (laughs) like thank you and so it it was it's definitely it was definitely a great it was a great process and it was I think it just goes to show like if you want to do something you just got to do it like we learned a lot from how we did things before how we want to do things in the future but at the end of the day it wasn't a disaster it was a great time so even though it was our first time doing it it still went very well so yeah, that is something that I am very proud about. And it was my first time vending, like, as Black Beauty near you, too. Oh, wow. So, that, yeah, that was really exciting. And I've never done that before. And But I think that was a great place to get my feet wet because now I'm like, oh, I'm ready. Like, I can do this. And so, um, yeah. But, yeah, follow Black Beauty Fleet Market on Instagram, y'all. Um, there will be more to come, and it'll be a great time. That's amazing. Yeah, just kudos to you. That was that was a very nice event to see. And just like as an event coordinator, I know all that comes into the logistics of getting an event done. So, yeah, you did that. Um, Thank you. you. Yeah, you did that. But winding down (laughs) here a bit, has there ever been like any times where you face like significant challenges or kind of wanted to give up on Black Beauty near you or change pathways? And if so, like, what was that like? And what kept you going? Yeah. Um, as far, yeah, I think for the most part though, like since it started throughout my college years, when it came to giving up, it was really like me struggling, like with my major and like, why am I like, why am I still doing this? Like why I could, I could, I, I could always switch. Like, why am I suffering? And so, but for the most part, it was just, you know, things get challenging and things get really hard, but what kept me going as far as that field is that, you know, I want to be, you know, um, someone that other, for kids who look like me, they can look up to me and say, you know, if she did it, then I can do it too. And a big factor for me that was telling me that I could keep going, you know, James King, he's a full math major and he got on through it. And he was the only math major that I knew of who was black 
you know, that's really what was important to me. They was black, you know, and he was on top of his stuff. So <laughs> right, that's like, what else you need. <laughs> right, exactly. And so he did that, graduated, and then he went on to his master's. Now he's going to get his PhD. Like, I'm like, oh, like, come on, let's go. We can do this. We can get through it. And that's what he would tell me too. Like, especially in my first upper div class, I was struggling. And he was like, it's okay. Like, I promise it's just a weed out class. Like, like I was literally considering changing my major. I still have the document where it was like, okay, like if I change this, the classes I will have to take. And he was like, no, I promise if you get through this, you'll be good. And he was right. Cause that class was terrible. I do not recommend, even though you have to take it, it was the worst class I've ever taken. But anyways, yeah, what kept me going is just, you know, I want to be a role model for little Black girls who look like me and who are interested in, you know, it's okay to be a nerd. It's good to be a nerd. Like, I take pride yes. in being a nerd. Yes, like, when people call me that, I'm like, yes, I am, proudly. And so I think that still kind of goes into Black Beauty Near You and why I keep going with that. For one, like, there are times when I'm just like, especially lately, a lot of things have just been going and rolling, and it could be a lot. I'm just like, why like why am I doing this like you know they they can get their stuff from somebody else but then I'm just like no like I really enjoy doing this and then it's very rewarding when you hear I think also I needed Black Biz Flea Market because it was really rewarding to hear like how people even outside of the Black community telling me like you know I, I mess with what you're doing like what you're doing mm -hmm. is dope like even though you know I may not use these products you know, I could see how beneficial it is. You know, it's one thing for, you know, I, I expect the people in my community to get it, like they yeah. understand, but people outside of the community still seeing the vision. I'm like, okay, like, okay, I'm doing something, you know, it's not something redundant. It's something that's really, you know, helping benefit, you know, my community. And so that's what keeps me going. Um, I know I'm helping folks out and I still really do enjoy running Black Beauty near you. Like I, I have fun doing it. I like, interacting with the people that I come across and just providing I like this space um, of people that I cater to and so it's all fun but definitely having a why um, you need that because when you want to give up you need something to tell you to keep going and if you don't have that reason for why you're doing what you're doing it's so easy to be like well I don't know why I'm doing this so I'm gonna just quit so my why definitely does keep me going a lot on days where you know I just don't feel like doing it anymore but at the end of the day I'm gonna be here y'all I ain't going nowhere and so um yeah but it does get difficult um but you just have to remember your passion and why you do what you do and that's what keeps me going hey that's real that's really real that was inspi that was inspirational too I was like man let me get my stuff together <laughs> <laughs> okay like uh sometimes it just got it gets you up it gets you up and going it definitely does. Uh, so rapid fire to close us out, just a few more questions. Uh, first up, you mentioned it, but just to give like more air to it, uh, where can people find you on social media? How can they purchase beauty boxes? Go ahead and yeah. give yourself a shameless plug. Okay, so on Instagram, Black Beauty Near You, just how it sounds, um, no underscores, no periods, nothing. Black Beauty Near You on Instagram, Black Beauty Near You on TikTok also have a twitter it's bb near you but if you type in the name it'll pop up on twitter um and if you access one of those you'll be able to have the link to the website which is where everything is listed out um for you to buy and also a special plug if you really like listening and tapping in right now i need you to turn your ears up um I can give y'all a discount code. It's called FALL22, F-A-L-L-2-2, and you'll get money off of anything you order. So um, F-A-L-2-2, and it expires at the end of the year. So um, yes, if you're hearing this before January 2023, you can use that and get some money off your order. And then also one more thing, um, there's going to be a Black Friday special. I have not announced this. I'll probably announce it sometime this week or next week, but y'all get to hear it first. So Goofy do. Um, the Black Friday. So like I said, beauty boxes are pre-made, but for Black Friday, I'll allow customers to um, build their own beauty boxes. There will be different sizes and um, yeah, you get to get whatever you want off the website and get it shipped directly to you. So um, that's going to be really exciting. I think y'all are really going to like it because there's, uh, I'm not going to say too much, but there's going to be little goodies in there for y'all too. So just stay tuned. All in all, 
the main hub is Black Beauty Near You on Instagram. That's where I'm most active and TikTok. And um, all of my everything is linked in um, the bio. So, yeah. <laughs> that was perfect. We got the exclusive discount codes and everything. Yes. Episode one. Like, okay. okay. <laughs> All right, I'm with it. See, this is what the podcast is about. We get into the exclusive plugs and the early releases. Uh, next thing you know, we're going to have a QR code to this episode in a Black Beauty near you box, too. Like, just scan yeah. it, go directly to the episode. Yes, Beauty Box Collabs. I could definitely put that up in there. I didn't even think about that. It's the NBA, Jada. I'll be, yeah. I'll be on it. It's done. It's done. <laughs> um next up how can people support you in your endeavors uh, you mentioned like buying stuff from your website is there any way they can support you without money yeah definitely um share 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 tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend like a lot the thing is like right now what I've been working on is expanding and making sure people know that I even exist because it's not even like I know that what I'm doing is beneficial but if nobody knows about it like how I'm gonna help you <laughs> so definitely word of mouth is definitely how things spread the most so sharing um whether you're ta talking to your friend about it or even sharing like any of my posts on your story to your group chats telling folks you know about it I'm also open to a lot of collabs like you see did you hit me up and was like hey you want to host the flea market together and I was like yeah I'm down and I have beauty box collabs if you want to put business cards in my boxes let me know like I have my friends their businesses I always tell them when you get new business cards send them to me so I can throw them in there like just whatever I'm down for collabs like the overall you know, goal of Black Beauty Near You is to bring beauty products to these students, but also just enhance, you know, the Black experience at PWIs, because it's hard out here. And even though I graduated, I know it's still hard. Like, it's only, it hasn't even been that long. Ain't nothing changed that much. So I'm here to support that experience in any way that I can. Um, so yeah, do not hesitate to reach out to me just because I have that business email. Oh, also my email, bbnybusiness at gmail.com. It's linked in my bio everywhere but just because I have that formal business y'all it's still me like <laughs> it's still me talking to you so do not be afraid to email or dm the page um it's very still authentic um so yeah I'm down for any collabs or anything like that I'm open so I appreciate all the support and I really appreciate you mentioning that it's still you behind the email, behind the formality. Because mm -hmm. uh, even in preparation for this episode, I was like, yeah, I'm going to send you this formal document, but we can literally text about it. Like, you, yeah. it's just me. <laughs> like, I need people to understand that we are people. Yeah. Uh, like, we got to be, we got to, we got to do the business thing sometimes. Yeah. But we, we homies, like, just, just hit me yeah. up. And I just really love what you said, because I think that's kind of the point of this podcast was to just bring people doing dope things, hear more about your story, hear more about your journey and just share like who you are and how you became who you are with the people. Because I think that that's kind of what's really cool about having like a black resource center on a college campus. Like mm -hmm. everything I know about you has come through just being at the BRC and just passing by conversations. Exactly. Like that's how we had the conversations about the flea market, sharing knowledge. And I think storytelling is very important. So uh, to close us out, I have one last question for you and it's just your opportunity to give like any final words of advice for that young black girl that is trying to be who you want to be or just anyone who's trying to follow your footsteps or just following their own pathway and wants to hear advice from you. What do you have to say to them? Um, I think this is something that I say, I think I have three things. The first thing, everything happens for a reason. So if you're going down this path and you meant to go down the other one, it's okay. Like there's going to be struggles wherever you go. There's going to be hard times, but everything happens for a reason. And eventually you're going to see why it happened that way. My second thing would definitely be just do it. Like just go for it. If you have an idea, try it. It does not have to be perfect. Like you will be sick. You're, you'll never get it done because nothing's ever going to be perfect. So just, you just got to do it. Just do it. Like, what are you waiting for? What's holding you back? Money, find out a way to do it for free. Like we, we didn't ask nobody's asking you or pressuring you to do any of this so when you come with the idea we're gonna support it anyway so you just gotta do it just get it out the way and then the third thing would be use your resources like you have to have to tap into the people you know um whether you might think it may be a stretch you never know like Malik he was hosting the shop and I'm like you know like I'm selling these products but this would be a great way to you know really get 
you know, some traffic. And I asked him and he was like, oh yeah, like it was literally no problem. He was like, come on down and do what you need to do. And that's how I really got started, like selling things and seeing how much of a need it was. So definitely um, use your resources to the T. That's how Black Biz Flea Market came about. Because to be honest, BRC and BSU, me and Digi didn't have that money to do a lot of the stuff that we did. So shout out to y'all because yeah, you have to, all in all, use your resources. So yes, everything happens for a reason. Just do it and take advantage of your resources. And also we are here to support you. Um, so if you have any questions like advice or need anything, just hit me up. Like I'm here, I'm here to help. That's love, that's love. Uh, before I close this out, any shameless plugs or shout outs left or someone who inspired you that you want to give a special love to? Um, As far as shout outs, also, yeah, this is, I, I wrote this down too before we even started because I was like, I can't forget about my boy, but my logo and these shirts was made by my friend who I've known since middle school and his Instagram is digitals by size digitals with a z by underscore side if you just type up dig in my followers he'll pop up does graphic design all that good stuff but y'all these shirts are so fire, fire. Like people really people really be messing with them and then i got the toe bags and he created this logo like y'all and changes might be coming to black beauty near you you ain't here for okay me. But this shirt style may, you know, not be around too often. It might be something different later. So okay. definitely snatch that up um, while you can. They're on sale. There's also a merch bundle. Just use the code merch. You can get a tote bag and a shirt for money off. And yeah, but definitely dishes by side. Like when I came to him, I'm like, this is what I'm trying to do. I want to incorporate it in my logo, but not too much. These are the colors. He said, boom, bam, I got you. And I've been blasting this everywhere I can so people can know what it is. So um, yeah, I definitely want to make sure that I check that off because I wrote that down before we started. I mean, I, I'm like, I need to shout him out because he really be rocking with me. And these shirts came, they be coming quick. He be working fast. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's my shout. And then just, you know, my family and my friends, like, whether it was graduating or running back beating or you or just being here living and existing, I would not be here without that support because it's hard out here. But just having people who care about you and are there for you and really see your vision and understand it and support it really helps a lot. So yeah, shout out to y'all too. That's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's wonderful. Well, thank you once again, Jada, for taking the time out of your busy schedule in life to join the very first episode of the Banquet Hall podcast. Uh, I think we had a blast uh, just chopping it up about you, your journey, everything you've gone through and how far you've come. I think that people are going to find a lot of inspiration from this episode. And hopefully we have you back in a future episode once this thing blows up. <laughs> Yes, yes. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Um, I am honored to be the first guest. I will gloat it and yell it up and down the streets that I'm the first. And um, yeah, I'm just so proud and excited to see where this goes as well. But yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome. Thank y'all for tuning into that episode of the Banquet Hall podcast. Uh, make sure that you like, subscribe, leave us a five-star rating, uh, leave a comment letting us know what you like. Uh, if you have questions or just something that moved you from the episode, leave us a voice memo on our anchor dashboard. Uh, but most importantly, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Banquet Hall Pod. Uh, as this podcast is just getting going, we really want to grow our audience, uh, make sure that we're able to reach as many people as possible and continue to bring really dope talent to the mic, to this podcast. And of course, make sure you support our guests. Uh, go to their website, go to their Instagram, buy something, share a post and Let's support each other and we all eat in.